0: Hello, Mr. Niebuhr. This is Liam Anderson. So this is my explanation of my um amen project. I chose to do a audio recording because that just seemed to be a easier and less uh less uh time consuming method of conveying my thoughts where I can you know fully hash out everything. So first, I'm just going to explain why I chose the medium I did and why I included the specific parts of the medium that I did. so, I chose to do an Ignatian contemplation because I feel like that is a way that I can connect with Jesus and with God um, very easily i imagining all of the smells the feels, the emotions, um, really helps me to imagine that gospel passage and put myself in a position to really encounter Jesus. So I felt like if I wrote my own Ignatian contemplation, that would be um, a pretty accurate way of portraying my thoughts. Um, So I tried to include a piece of every piece of Jesus' life that you mention in there. So that's the uh, early life and childhood of Jesus, the life ministry, the death ministry, and the resurrection. So I'm going to start by, uh, I'm going to go through all of those um, the, those four pieces of his life and explain the stories and explain that connection that I have to that story and I'm going to finish off by explaining my connection to the two aspects that I chose, which I also tried to include in the Ignatian Contemplation, and those were detachment from material goods and a personal relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to start off with childhood. Uh, So the story that I chose from Jesus' childhood was his birth story, the nativity scene, so to speak. So I feel like the major message message of this scene is that the lowest among us will uh, inherit the kingdom of God. They will be the rulers. They will be the most important people in our lives. Because Jesus is born in a manger. He can't even be born in a hotel room. He's born in a stable. There's animals around. Not a very um, fitting position for the Son of God, for the Messiah. But he does. He is the Messiah, he is the Son of God, and he is meant to rule everyone. And so I think that one way that this can connect to my life and to other people's lives is just all of the little things that people do for you all the time. So, you know, you can see, like, somebody will just, you know, hold the door open for you. Somebody will help you out by you know comforting you when you're feeling down and you don't know who these people are they could be the lowest of the low they could they could be um they could be a homeless person you don't know who these people are but they are here to help us they are they become some of the most important people in our lives for example one story that i heard on the internet was of a homeless man who Um, says that because he lives near the Golden State Bridge, he has uh, talked down about 10 suicide jumpers from the bridge. And so this man, this homeless man, although he isn't anyone special, he is the most important person in the lives of those people that he saved. Um, So yeah, now I'm going to move on to the life ministry of Jesus. So the stories that I chose to include from Jesus' life ministry were really two stories. The Call of the First Disciples and the Who Do You Say I Am story. I chose these because I feel like they're, the, they're some of the most pivotal moments in Jesus' life. The Call of the First Disciples um, and the Who Do You Say That I Am story, I feel like, have a overall meaning of trust and faith in jesus the men who chose to follow jesus had no reason to do that and i can't say that i would have followed jesus if i was in their position but they did because they trusted him they had faith in god and they turned out to become some of the most important people in the christian faith and in the who do you say i am story with peter Peter had to trust his instincts, trust that he knew who Jesus was. He had to trust that Jesus was the Messiah. Um, And so I think the overall message of Jesus' life ministry is that we need to have trust and faith in God. And that that is the main requirement to become one with Jesus, one with God, and enter God's kingdom. So now I'm moving on to the death ministry of Jesus. So the story that I chose from the death ministry was The Last Supper. I feel like this one is important because it continues to affect the way that we worship God and Jesus to this day, obviously with the communion. So Jesus sort of invented that, and he has all of the disciples eat his body and drink his blood. And I think the message of that, and overall one of the major messages of the death ministry is that, um, well, I think there's actually two messages to be clear. The first message of the Last Supper is that we need to become one with Jesus to fully understand what he is doing. We need to really accept him, eat his body, and drink his blood to fully become a part of God's kingdom. Second, Secondly, I think the death ministry also has a pretty major message that everyone will fail to live up to the requirements of Jesus and God. We see Peter fail, we see Judas fail, almost all of the disciples, some of Jesus' most important and trusted people, all fail to live up to their purpose as disciples. So I think that this section shows us that humans are going to make mistakes, we are going to betray Jesus, but that he's still going to welcome us into his kingdom. So the connection that I have to the death ministry is one that I have already talked about before in a previous assignment, but I really feel like it um, relates to this passage. So I talked about the death of my family friend and how that uh, affected my outlook on life before but basically the the quick summary is that he died pretty suddenly of a stroke um and then i didn't really realize how much i needed him until after and how much how important he was so i think that's important with the death ministry because all the disciples are pretty confused about why jesus is making them eat and drink him and they're confused about why he's just letting himself die they're confused about everything and they only realize after Jesus is dead how much Jesus was a part of their lives and that they really need Jesus to have a purpose. So now I'm going to move on to the resurrection section of Jesus' life. The story I chose from this section was when Mary Magdalene and the other woman uh, go to the tomb and find it empty. I sort of... uh, wanted people to imagine that they were there with those two and just add an extra person there. So I think that the resurrection part of Jesus' life and this story specifically um, have a pretty big message that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the prophecies that have come before him. All the Old Testament prophecies that say there's going to be a Messiah, there's going to be a king who's going to save us. Jesus is the fulfillment of that. And I think the resurrection stories sort of bring that all circle. We see throughout Jesus' entire life, him fulfilling different pieces of different prophecies, but the resurrection story is really like the icing on the cake, so to speak. It, It brings everything to a close and really shows us that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the king of all of the humans, and he is here to save us. So lastly, I'm going to talk about the aspects of discipleship that I chose. So the first one that I chose that I feel like really um, was easy to connect to my life as well as the Gospels was the detachment from material goods. So the story that I found this relates to the most was the call of the disciples. Because in order to follow Jesus, all of these uh, disciples that Jesus had called to and told them that he would make them fishers of men, they had to trust in Jesus and they had to leave everything behind. They had jobs, families, they had a house, stuff like that. They left all of that behind to follow Jesus. Now, I think that a way to connect this to my life as well as just generally our modern world um, is in serving the poor. So obviously that's a pretty big part of our identity at Regis Jesuit, and it's a pretty big part of um, just being a Jesuit overall. And I think that it's that detachment from material goods is the only way that you can truly serve the poor. If you can't detach yourself from your goods, then you can't empathize with the poor. Additionally, I think that this can be related to overall in the world, people focusing on God instead of money. Because I feel like right now, a lot of the way that we define success is through money. You're more successful if you have more money. And we don't really take into account that serving the poor is really what makes you a successful person. Serving God, serving Jesus, um, maintaining a relationship with god jesus and the people around us that is what makes us successful because you can be super rich but if you don't help anyone else and you don't have a relationship with god and jesus it's kind of all for nothing the next aspect that i would like to talk about are the personal relationship is the personal relationship with jesus so the story that i felt related to this was the Conversation that Peter has with Jesus, the who do you say that I am conversation, and I think that this relates to Jesus because to sorry to a personal relationship with Jesus because in this moment, Peter had to search through all of the all the times he had had with Jesus to really figure out Jesus is the Messiah, and it's sort of a defining moment in Jesus' relationship with Peter. And it shows that that is what a relationship with Jesus is. It's that you know that Jesus is the Messiah. You trust yourself. You trust in him. And you are willing to follow him everywhere to help him accomplish his goal. So I think one way that this can relate to our lives um, here in the modern time is both in our relationships with others and our use of prayer. So I think a lot of the places that I see Jesus specifically, and I'm sure this is relatable for a lot of other people, is in relationships with others. So when I see people who help me out when I'm feeling down, who, you know, complete strangers who will help me, I I see a little bit of Jesus in each of them. I can see Jesus' mercy through each of their actions. And so I think maintaining our relationships and being thankful for those people is part of maintaining a relationship with Jesus. Secondly, the use of prayer is another way that we can connect with Jesus. This one's pretty obvious, but um, I just wanted to focus on it because obviously I used a Ignatian contemplation, which is a type of prayer as my creative outlet. so I think that that is how I best have a personal relationship with Jesus is through meditative types of prayer like Ignatian contemplation. I can sort of, when I can imagine myself in a scene with Jesus, it's very easy for me to connect with Jesus and to relate to him and relate to his life and uh, evaluate my own role as a disciple of Jesus. So overall, the main question that was asked on this assignment was to answer the question, who do you say that I am? So I just want to give a quick summary of my answer to that question to conclude everything. I think that Jesus is the Messiah. He's here to save us. He is an all-loving person. He is a forgiving person. He is both human and God. He is a miracle worker. He is a teacher. And... Um, most importantly, he is our friend and the son of God. He is here to help us all through our lives and to relate to us through the eyes of God. So, yeah, there is my explanation of my project. Um, I hope you use my Ignatian Contemplation and try it out, see if you like it. Uh this is Liam Anderson signing off.